1: Yes, indeed. Radio Red in the House. Welcome, welcome, welcome to our audience all over the world. So happy to be here. Some of us in the U.S., not me particularly, are celebrating Columbus Day, but we're here anyway, and I know it's not that big a holiday because my garbage was picked up today and it wasn't a holiday that the city of Durham said, no, city services. This is Read My Lips and we're going to talk to two very gorgeous, very savvy, very smart creatives. They're both women. I have not met one of them. She just showed up 30 seconds ago and the other lady <laughs> I I know for nine minutes. We are here on <laughs> Zoom and we're going to have a really good conversation. So this is a show where I talk to people who are creative. Now, creative to me is not, oh, on Monday and Tuesday, I have Rice Krispies and I think I'll switch to Wheaties on Wednesday, I'm a creative person. No, that's not creativity. Creativity is looking at the world in a way that is out of the box. You take risks, you have nerve, you change your life, you change other people's lives. As the intro said, and that's the voice of Ryan Treasure, my wonderful friend and the vice president, I call him of everything at World Talk Radio. And here we are on Voice America Variety Channel. Uh, Creativity is is finding a way to do something different and having in my people would say the chutzpah to say, I'm not gonna do it the way everybody else does it. I'm gonna do it my way. It might be taking a risk in what you do in your livelihood or how you live your life. But we're here to talk about creativity. So let me introduce my two guests, the lady I just met 30 seconds ago. <laughs> Yi, Yi Zhao, did I say that correct? you said it perfectly. <laughs> Thank you very much. She's a polyglot artist, and we're going to ask her in a few minutes what that is. A polyglot artist <laughs> whose video works have been shown at Shanghai Biennale, Veni- Venice now, Sundance Film Festival. Everybody knows Sundance and Cannes Film Festival. She's an influencer. Now, a lot of people say, oh, I'm an influencer. Well, she's the real deal. She's an influencer who endorses global brands. You've all heard of Levi's, Clarence Shiseido makeup yeah she she models and influences for them she has her own brand company called Yizhou studio in Shanghai in Hong Kong and a couple of years ago she started it in LA as well and she's working on her first feature film Stars and Scars she's the director and there are a lot of challenges to what her film was all about so Yizhou why don't you say hello to everybody Hello everyone. How are you? Thank you for having me. Oh, we're all good. We're happy to have you. And let me say who my other guest is and then I'll have you each give us a little more of your bio. Sarah Dacey Charles has a 30 year acting career. She does Broadway, film, network TV. I think I've probably seen her at least a hundred times because I'm sitting here on Zoom and she looks familiar to me. Her Broadway (laughs) and national touring credits include Les Miserables, 9 to 5, The Musical, and Sunset Boulevard. Boy, that goes way back. And on TV, she's... Not not you, the the Sunset Boulevard. On TV, she's played principal roles in House of Cards. Who hasn't seen that? Jessica Jones. Okay. Madam Secretary. I love that show. Elementary, big fan base. Law & Order SVU. FBI. I'm still a fan of that and more. She portrayed Barbara Stanwyck. Our younger listeners out there might not have any idea who she is. So Sarah will tell us in a little while who Barbara Stanwyck is. In an indie film, uh, Agnes Moorhead is God. We can't wait to find out about that. And Sarah is the winner of the LIFF Best Actor Award. And we're so happy to have both of you. So ladies, it is my privilege and my joy to welcome both welcome. of you and thank welcome. you for thank taking you. your time, we're getting a lot of feedback on somebody's audio. So, uh, why don't we, before my guests talk, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, maybe not stump both of you, but I have a list of the national and global holidays this week, this week. and we're gonna get we're getting a little bit of feedback there. Okay. We're we're going to talk about these national holidays. I just want to get your reaction. So uh, I'm going to say, Yi and Sarah, today is not only Columbus Day here in the U.S. It's Farmer's Day, Gumbo Day, Kick Butt Day, and Pulled Pork Day. Sarah, any reactions to that? Well, I love
2: pulled pork. Um, <laughs> I do too. <laughs> it is delicious. Um, I, I was also, isn't it also Indigenous Peoples Day? Yes, that's
1: another word for Columbus Day. That's that's absolutely correct. Yes, I think we lost... Yee, are you there? I am there, yes. So what do you think about Farmer's Day, Gumbo Day, Kick Butt Day, and Pulled Pork Day? Any of those, resi- Are you celebrating any of those today?
3: I am not celebrating because I have a very tight schedule, so I am a little bit in a rush, but I look forward to hearing more about your thoughts about it. Well, you know what?
1: I think you probably live kick butt day because i think that's what you're doing in your career so <laughs> it's not about having a party it's just about what the holiday means let's go to tomorrow is national m&ms
2: day does everybody like m&ms anybody eat candy i, I have a, a dumb reason for not liking them you know, i am <laughs> a, a severe allergy to peanuts and even in the regular m&ms uh there's peanuts in the coating oh isn't that right. weird yeah Okay, well, I have another holiday for both of you. I don't want to get personal,
1: but it's no bra day tomorrow. No No bra day.
3: What does that mean? No bra.
2: It means don't wear a bra. Oh,
3: okay. No bra. You know, (laughs) if
2: you pitch your Zoom right, you could totally do it. You just lean in. That's that's it. That's absolutely. It's also
1: transfer money to your Sunday tomorrow. I thought that was interesting. Last week we had transfer money to your daughter and I did. Okay, I take these holidays very (laughs) seriously. Uh, The 14th Wednesday is National Dessert Day, National Fossil Day, and National Pet Obesity Day. Does anybody have a fat pet?
2: Oh my God, I love fat cats, especially.
1: (laughs) but there who makes go. these holidays who gets who there's gets from- a website called national holidays and you you put in the month you want and it comes up with every day a holiday yee do you have any pets i don't okay i would love to have a dog <laughs> oh a do- what kind of a dog would you have uh i i don't have it but i would love to have one <laughs> what, what any particular kind of dog you'd like a big one a little one like uh, a medium-sized one, I would think. A medium-sized. Okay. <laughs> yes. Everybody, if you have a medium-sized dog that's breeding right now, you contact us and we'll tell her. On the 15th, which is Thursday, it's Global hand washing Day. I think we're all doing a lot of that. Oh, yeah. Right. It's National Cheese Curd Day. It's National Grouch Day. You can be grouchy. It's National I Love Lucy Day. Aha. Mm. It's Mushroom Day and it's Math Day. Sarah, you're right. Who in the hell makes these up? I have no idea. <laughs> we're almost done the 16th friday is global cat day not dog day but it's cat day it's national bosses day feral cat day liqueur day anybody have a favorite liqueur do you have a favorite liqueur you like to drink liquor liqueur that's the the after dinner drink
2: the really sweet stuff Ah, that comes
1: in the fancy
3: limoncello since i grew up Mm -hmm. (laughs) yes sarah do you have a
2: favorite one I am. Just give me a bowl of red wine. That's, that's my (laughs) drug of choice. I like Amaretto and I like,
1: I used to like Tia Maria. And uh, I think some of the chocolate makers have their own, their own wines. Mm. And the 17th Saturday is okay. Here's, this is serious. Clean your virtual desktop day. Okay. It's fetch day, mulligan day, pasta day, payback a friend day. And it's the sweetest day. And the 18th is chocolate cupcake day and no beard day. I'm yeah. just going to leave that one alone. Chocolate cupcake day. I'm going to be ready that. So now let me just tell you, there were three famous birthdays and I have a I'll go to Wikipedia. Did you notice you put in the date and it tells you everybody who's famous, who was born on that day, who died on that day. And all wow. of the oh, it's unbelievable. It's an cr- incredible resource. So I plug in October 12th. And this is what I got. The only three I know are Luciana Pavarotti, the oh, opera singer. Yes. He, he's been gone for many years, but he was born today in 1935. Hugh Jackman. Everybody knows oh, Hugh Jackman, yes. right? Happy birthday, Hugh Jackman. And Bodie Miller, who was the most successful male American alpine ski racer of all time. You might have seen him on the Olympics. There are no singers, dancers. It's just it's just a tough day for famous birthdays. Everybody, I want you to say with me hello to LLL, Lee and, and uh, Sarah, LLS. Everybody, hello, LLL. Hey, LLL. Thanks for listening. Okay. That's lovely, lanky Laura Legs, our most loyal listener. Laura, we're happy you're always listening. Laura emails me after each show and tells me how much she loves my guests. So now let's find out a little more about each of you. Yizo, we're so happy to have you here. I know you're a busy lady, and thank you to Grace (laughs) McCormick for introducing you to me. And why don't you just tell us a little bit about what you do? You have so many things you do. I want to hear it in your own words. Why don't you take about three, four minutes
3: and tell us, what is your life like? I am currently uh, really busy um, with my brand that I launched last year. It's called Global Intuition. And you can shop on Amazon, on our website, globalintuition.net in the US and um, and now we're opening our Chinese digital store. So we're, we have been really, really busy. And the brand is um, being created in the United States and it's based on the concepts of Hollywood because it's made here and mm-hmm. basics and heritage. So these are our keywords and the key um, concept is based about slow fashion, meaning that we don't want to be in the cycle fashion where you have to put out constantly new products every other month. and But to be able to have uh, basic pieces that we can all keep in our wardrobe, such as jeans and T-shirts and, and sweaters and sneakers, as well as sunglasses, and uh, mix with um, collections that are a little bit more um, upscale, which are our IPs. And so we started with our heritage line with an Italian, royal family um, with the Prince Emanuele Filiberto di Savoia and we launched the line which is called Royal House of Savoia.
1: Lovely. Now I want to know a little bit about your background. How did you get to be an influencer? How did you get to be a, a, a movie person? A, a, everything you do, where does this come from? Who
3: were you growing up? Just tell me a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I, I I studied political science and 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 uh, economics, and I think it's always something very useful because um, you know I think it's it's great to be able to know how to. Uh, you know, present a project and to understand the framework and uh, configurations. And, and then I started my career as an artist, the most gig videos, and um, I have had the chance to be selected many times at Sundance and different other prestigious festivals. So um, I started thinking about um, doing a feature film because I was asked by the festivals not to present myself with a short film, but rather with the feature film and so it took me a while and I, I started thinking about the idea in 2015 and then in late 2016 I started making the first drafts but then you know I was caught in living my life between China and Los Angeles back and forth from 2017 and finally I spent more time in in the uh, in the states since uh, 2000, late 2018 so it took me a while to come up with the right, concept the right framework and to tell the story that i want to tell so um like everything when you want to make a career transition it's not a career upgrade it's just a transition and from you know art and fashion and influencer to uh, entertainment, uh, we all face difficulties and rejects, and sometimes you doubt about yourself and stuff like that. So, but I think I have had the chance to be surrounded by great people who have always believed in me and also uh, sticked around even when, you know, I was having doubts or sometimes I've been rejected. So here we are. We finally finished the draft um, this past week. The final mm. revisions, and now we're in the process of casting and finalizing everything with our investors and distributors. And so it's been um, it's been a journey, I would say. But simultaneously, I also created my brand. So it has been like you know two different worlds apart. <laughs> one is entertainment, and one is the fashion. And so I had to learn a lot of new skills, including e-commerce and digital marketing, etc. And I'm excited to learn every day new tasks and new um, challenges. And uh, I'm really inspired by uh, the United States and by Los Angeles and by, you know, all the great people that are here. And uh, so it makes me feel I need to really give the best of myself. And so... That's it. Thank and the movie's you. called Stars and Scars. Stars. And we'll talk a little bit about your movie.
1: Thank you very much. I, I started out saying to me, creativity isn't saying I'm eating Rice Krispies two days a week. I'll switch to Wheaties or or shredded wheat or something like that. It's it's how you write. It's how you live your life and how you say, I want to do that. I want to learn. I want to grow. I want to ch- I want to do something different right? I want to do something different and nobody's going to stop me. I'm going to create, and I love the way you say, it's not about a different career. It's transforming. It's a journey. Interesting point of view. Thank you. Very, very interesting. Now let's talk to Sarah Dacey Charles. Sarah, I'm going to put you on full speaker view right now. I gave a little bit of an overview of your wonderful credits, your credentials, how active you've been. Love to know a little more and tell us how did you get started in all this? Were you shy as a little girl like I was? Oh my gosh.
2: What happened um, to you, Sarah? <laughs> well, there's so many. Uh, first of all, I'm going to, I'm definitely, definitely going to answer that. And yeah, I I totally could talk to you forever about your global intuition. It, um, this right. whole idea about slow sustainability in clothing. My wife was really part of the slow movement in food. So i I, I think there's so many things fascinating about youth, but, um, me, I was, um, very, very shy as a, um, growing up very, um, withdrawn. And the only thing that really kind of brought me out was being in play school plays. And, and that was my place to really shine. And, um, I come from, a a vaudeville family my grandfather was a radio actually he had his own radio show um called clem and harry and he was a vaudeville player and uh so it's kind wow. of scenes, my my singing my father was also had an amazing singing voice but was a nuclear physicist so he <laughs> sort of was very attached to me carrying on he was like i'm not going to do it professionally but my desire to do that he was really behind um I I was really um I had one of those freak voices growing up like Julie Andrews I could had an adult voice (laughs) and and so music theater was very attractive to me and and in my early career a way to really be my bread and butter um so uh coming to New York and, and trying to go for that Broadway dream was was really exciting. And now I'm really excited to be pivoting into more TV and film, especially now
0: that mm-hmm. Broadway
2: is taking an a oh, yeah. extended break, um, which is heartbreaking for so many of my my uh, colleagues sure. and friends. However, um, you know, creativity is being able to think outside of the box and pivot. And that's what we're doing. Um, Yes, I too am writing. Um, I'm writing a play, actually, not a film. So I, I, I get what you're saying. E. It is a lot of work, <laughs> and a, a lot of and a big journey. But um, the film industry, the TV industry, is starting back up, and casting is happening. And mm. the way we have learning to do it is, you take your ring light and uh, and you, whatever camera or phone you have, and um, record record the audition and send out like ships in a bottle to the casting people. And and it is, my wife and I really have quite, quite a whole, like, you know, it's Studio Daisy Charles here in the living room. (laughs) Sarah, I have a question for you, if I may. What's your
1: favorite role that you've played, TV, film, Broadway, off-Broadway? What was your, what, what Uh, really got you where you, not necessarily you had to work the hardest, but what did you say? Oh, this is it. I've made it. I've achieved this role. What show? What person?
2: There's there's definitely different kind of, um, you know, marks in your career. But I think the role that stands out for me is playing Vivian Baring and Wit. It is, uh, the role is uh, a cancer, someone, um, she's a very intelligent uh, scholar and she has ovarian cancer and the, the play is almost a one moon show. It's not a one, but she has like the bulk of the lines, and it's it's such a tour de force to be able to do that, to be able to like, you know, hold the stage for two hours, and um, and I think the there was a moment where I got off stage, and you know how you 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 think of all the things you did wrong, you think of that one <laughs> audience member who was on their phone, and you're like, dear, and there was someone waiting for me in the lobby. And I said, Hey, can I help you? Do you need anything? She said, yeah, I want to talk to you. You, you told my story up there. Oh, you know, I'm a cancer survivor and, you know, mm. and that was, yep. That was it. That's why that kind of was, was
1: it. And of course I have to, I, I Ye, are you there? I, she, she disappeared from zoom. She's somewhere. Sarah. Yes. What was it like working on Madam Secretary? What was it like working on FBI? Did you meet, I'm just going to say, did you meet the
2: stars? Oh, what yeah. was it I mean, like? I have my, to ask. Most of my, what I'm doing right now is playing small roles to the stars. Yes, I've, I, I've, I've. It's thrilling and frightening to, um, to play with the celebrities of, I've, um, uh, Taya Leone of Madam Secretary is amazing. She's, she's co-producing and starring it at the same time. I was playing her nurse and giving her a um, a phlebotomy, like you know, taking. I uh, had yep. this little prop, <laughs> prop taking drawing blood from her arm, and the prop was like, it was hurting her. But anyway, and she continued in the scene. There was a leak, and there was actually blood coming out and spilling on her shirt. Aww. and She just kept going. She was amazing <laughs> and very, um, just wonderful. So I, I it, every every celebrity is different. You kind of have to. You kind of have to hold back and see what they need. Do they need their own mm-hmm. space or some really want to talk to you? Um, Mariska Hargitay was so warm, so and actually interested in me and like lovely. So they're all they're all, you know, very unique. Um, and one, one more
1: FBI. Who'd you work with on FBI? That's one of my favorite shows. I hope they do uh, more f- new new episodes. Okay.
2: Her name uh, Missy Peregrin. Catherine. Oh. Um, uh, her name is escape. Her last name is escaping me.
1: Not Catherine Irby.
2: Um. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to do a little Google search and and That's give you the fine. name for some reason. I went blank, but. Um. Uh. Yeah. I can't. I can't get that's it. That's fine. That's
1: that's fine. That's fine. You'll you'll think of it. That's fine. I'm going to go back to gallery view so I can see both of my beautiful guests. Yee, let's talk a little bit about influencers. It's a word people use all over the place, and we know the famous influencers, the Kardashians, and some <laughs> of the and some of the movie stars. But you're an influencer, and I read that you have uh, – do you model? Do you do ads for Levi's, for a Clarence? How do you get to be an influencer? Let's get your definition of did you just wake up one day and people said, <laughs> no. oh, oh, we know who she is. She's gorgeous. We have to get her to represent our brand. Or did you go knock on the door and say, hello, Levi's. I'm Yijo, and I'm very beautiful, and I'm very smart, mm-hmm. and I'm a global personality, and I think I should be representing your brand. What's the process? Walk me through this, please.
3: I think – the word influencer has changed a lot uh since the last 10 years and i would say i started becoming influencer in 2011 mm-hmm. um, when um i first moved back to china and they opened i opened chinese uh social media which is called weibo and it's a very famous um you know platform in China and it's sort of like a Chinese Twitter and and so I was putting my just my thoughts on what I was doing and talk about a little bit my life past in Europe etc to just for the audience to know about me but I didn't think there would be any you know following etc and then I was named by the platform as an ambassador and so I was you know just um, doing my work in a very natural way and 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 I was when I was traveling to Europe etc I could really um You know, just uh, talk about the platform, which is called Weibo and, you know, attract other famous uh, European and U.S. celebrities to open an account there. And so that was my job, (laughs) like uh, back in 2011, 2012. And, And then I think the... The role of influencer has changed a lot because when I first started, I think I mostly capitalized about my creativity as an artist mm-hmm. and uh, because I've always done multimedia works, ranging from uh, videos to photos to animation. So it was a very natural thing for me to do. Um, I think nowadays the uh, influencer is more diverse as a universe so you have people of course like the Kardashians who really set the the standard uh, here in the U.S. and globally but I think now there's a new wave of people like uh, thanks to TikTok and the Biden and uh, etc that you know I think um, everyday life people just through their the good vibe they give out to the world. I, I think especially during the pandemic, you know, people are really looking for an escapism from the reality and from the, the uncertainty. So when they log on to these uh, apps, uh, you know, you can have you can make a parody, you can see other people doing parodies, you can have a dance and you can have a dance challenge. So I think the rise of influencers has changed a lot. It's much faster uh, and it's more overnight. You can have a video which can go viral globally, especially for TikTok, which is global. You know, for certain other platforms, you still have certain countries where you cannot use them, access them. You know, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and vice versa. So I think to have platforms like TikTok, it has uh, helped rise, new icons you know can be everyday life people you know I was watching a video of this guy he was just playing a song um, from the 80s and he was skateboarding and drinking a juice and he made all the headliners you know of (laughs) ABC News and CBS and they interview him how did you make it and overnight they sent him the the same juice he was drinking in the video they sent him a truck they sent him everything so um, I just think it's fascinating and he just said you know it was the right vibe at the right moment the right action and paired with the right music and people i think nowadays you're just looking for a good vibe people want to vibe with you and so i think my influencer is different because i think i use more photos and my words and my concepts and um you know in a in a more intellectual way, uh, although it's linked to fashion and lifestyle, etc. Going back to your question, I mm-hmm. think uh, Levi's and the brands they reached out to me. Uh, they've always reached out to me through my agents, etc. I don't know. Maybe there's a way they can quantify or qualify <laughs> their their research and their search. But I I, I happen to be one. You know, always. Uh, one of them, uh, and luckily, <laughs> uh, but now you know I'm I'm happy to uh, continue the 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 my collaborations with brands. I think I have excellent relations with brands, and uh, I know how to you know integrate them into my life and my socials. And now you know we're gonna have a lot of them also in my movie and my in the behind the scenes, etc. So I'm really looking forward to. And I'm fascinated by this trend a transition, you know, from um, from different platforms to a more global platform like TikTok, and and making overnight sensations. We don't know how much they're gonna last. Maybe they could do something else out of the success. You know, they have their merch, they they, they 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 do reality shows or YouTube shows. But I think it's really interesting to have these phenomenons right now. Thank you,
1: Yi. Sarah. I'm glad you joined us back. You dropped, and I said, "Where is she?" And here you are. Thank you very much. You okay?
2: Yes, the computer uh, is back.
1: Oh, yeah, good! Yeah, Thank we lost you, computer. Power, but we're back. Woo-hoo. Okay. Well, I'm I'm glad. I have a question for you, and I'm going to talk to you in a minute, Sarah. Yeah the question is: I love the way you said this guy skateboards. He's got '80s rock and roll song on. He's drinking juice, and he makes the headlines. Do you think ye that the culture? I'm going to say the global culture is so hungry for. Heroes for escapism—you use that word—that they'll they'll hook on to anything that amuses them, that distracts them, or us amuses, distracts, inspires, entertains, uh, makes us stop in our daily lives. And say, "Wow, look at that guy's a skateboarder!" I love that song, and boy, that juice looks good, and he's really buff. I think it's healthy juice. Do you think that those were all the reactions that made him such an instant star? What's your thought?
3: Yeah, I think it's the right ingredients in the right place. You know, I think if you look at TikTok, you know, people that are really famous, uh, like singers, etc., world famous, Lena Gomez or even people like Kylie Jenner, et cetera, they don't have similar hits and views and likes as this really phenomenons of TikTok, it's, I think it's really completely governed by different rules and people are really searching for other people, maybe like more truth rather than a fabricated reality mm-hmm. or sort of fake reality. I'm not saying that these people I mentioned are fake, but yep. I'm just saying, I'm just, I, I just meant, they came into the picture at uh, their time, you know, Sina mm-hmm. Gomes, since many, many years and Kylie Jenner too, since I think many years, right? Yes. So I think mm-hmm. these new phenomenons, uh, they are, and. I think that necessarily their fans are younger. I think when Kylie Jenner and uh, Selena Gomez became famous, the, the audiences that were their fans uh, was not as young as the ones of the TikTokers. I think the TikTokers are really like teens or even younger than teens. So I think that the usage of mobile phones and tablets to um, younger, younger audiences, they, rise, they bring the rise of the fame of, a different type of people, and I just think people just want to see more reality, self-taped, and 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 in places that are not set. It's not with sophisticated we call it lighting. Authentic, right? Be yeah, real. authentic. Be we real. Want to. So this guy, I thought it was great, and he actually the the, the song is called Dreams. Yeah. And it's called by fleawood Mac. Yes. And, uh, and We know that. Uh, we know yeah, <laughs> that song. I've never heard of this song before, but we I we have. I like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I <laughs> want to tell you
1: that ye, I, I uh, produce and host right now. I have 52 radio series and, and most of them are, I have 13 series right now. Most of them are business shows. And I do a round table where I have a topic like the future of mobility or digital selling or financial excellence for chief financial officers, ser- serious business stuff. And I have an interesting format. I think you'll both get a kick out of this. I tell my guests to send me a quote that has nothing to do with the topic, nothing to do with business, a quote from a movie or a song. And they say, why do you want, if we're talking about future of manufacturing, why do I (laughs) have to pick a quote from the Matrix or David Bowie or from John Lennon or the Beatles or, or back to, and I say, because, listen to this, because when I read your quote, let's say somebody picks the David Bowie song changes. Let's say I say." Bob Jones is a big uh, vice president of this company, and he's here to talk to us about manufacturing. And Bob picked the quote from David Bowie, Ch, changes, turn the face the strangers say hey, Bob nice. tell us. and and I'm saying to these guests in advance on the prep call, the audience will hear that cultural hook and they'll say, oh, Bob is very successful, but he's a real person. He, kn- I've, I want to see that movie, or I remember that movie, or that's a famous line, or hey, we all love David Bowie, something like that. And I say, it takes you out of the realm of somebody who does webinars and does serious business into the realm of a real person who becomes relatable. And that's a trick I developed years ago on my shows. And people don't want "Ah, want to pick a quote from Churchill or from Einstein. I say, no, no, pick a movie quote. Go, Go Google the top 10 most quotable movie lines in American film history and pick one. So a guest couldn't think of a quote last week. And I Googled and one of them was from The Godfather. And he said he liked the quote. And the quote was, I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. And he related that to the business topic and it was hysterical. So I try to get them to be real when yes. they, they know, Oh, I, 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 know all this, Sarah, talk to me about any influencers. You, do you follow influencers?
2: Uh, do you believe in influencers, Sarah? Oh goodness. Um, I can talk more about um. Uh, the authentic the need for the way that need, mm-hmm. the way influencers are influencing the business that I'm in, which okay. is, you know, acting on stage and TV and film. And the, the style, you'll notice the style of acting continues to change toward authenticity, continues to change yep. toward that, like as if you're in a self-tape, the mm-hmm. people's tolerance for any kind of artifacts is mm-hmm. is less and less. It's either that or big extremes, like towards the escapism or broad comedy, um, I have, I like people who I, I, you know, I follow like Thich Nhat Hanh or, um, <laughs> or um, Michelle Obama or Lin-Manuel Miranda, people that give me a lift that mm-hmm. are, are, you know, have some thoughtfulness and, um, and, and still always find a, um, some sort of, some sort of hope and possibility. I like that hope and possibility. Interesting, interesting mix. Yee, yeah,
1: I want to respond to what Sarah just said in terms of influencers offering hope and uh, hope and possibility. I like that.
3: Yeah, I think that this example I gave you is, is is really the guy who broke his tires, I think, and he just took the longboard and he started just going to work there and drinking his juice, which is his routine. And then he created his whole meme on the internet that everybody else is doing. Even I think uh, one of the Saturday night shows host, they also did, a, you know, <laughs> one of those, you know, re- uh, remade the scene. So I think the authenticity is definitely uh, what people are looking for right now.
1: Yeah, Absolutely. Now, Yi, I want to talk about your movie you're working on. Stars yes. and Scars, is that it? Let me make sure I have the title Perfect. right here.
3: you have used Stars and Scars. <laughs> now, I
1: understand from your bio that I was sent that this is challenging to you as a female in Hollywood, as a, an Asian in Hollywood, that there are many things in this script and in this movie that are a challenge and you are up for it. That's what I saw in your bio. You are ready for it. So <laughs> tell me, what is the movie about? Why don't you share that with us as much as you can? And why is this a challenge? What's important about this movie? why did you pick it why did you write it so go ahead
3: i think the movie uh, i picked it when i was in china so i started the concept in 2015 when i went to Cannes festival in 2014 for the second time and they said on speakerphone you should come back next year with um, you know in the next few years with the feature film so i was like okay i'd better retreat <laughs> and, and start writing something um but then you know i was in china i wanted to write a movie about china and Then I was in China imbued by the dailiness of China and I lost my inspiration. So I thought it was great to be able to have the chance to come to L.A. I started working with my agency, WME-IMG, in in Los Angeles. So I thought L.A. would be a good place for me to cast as well as to, you know, change my inspiration. And, And then, you know, I never doubt about my writing skills, because I always thought I was a good writer. I've written different articles for different magazines as well, you know, Sometimes they ask you to just to write it, like Huffington Post. I wrote a whole piece, <laughs> invited by TED, TEDx Paris as well. So mm-hmm. I never doubted, and I always thought I was a great writer. But then I think, um, you know, like my boyfriend says, it's actually more difficult to write a script than a novel. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so it's I I just think in one hour and a half, um, it's so condensed the level of information, the level of plot change, and the level how you bring the spectator into the roller coaster and to be able to create the journey for the characters etc that that is really really challenging i think novels essays you have a little bit more freedom Mm -hmm. uh, and here it's very very technical so what has been difficult for me was to transition a script that was purely thought and made for china audience and for china is by here by contemporary China to an audience that would be embracing more Hollywood stars uh, because I mm-hmm. started meeting more people here, et cetera, becoming friends with different actors and producers, et cetera. So I wanted to rebrand that. So it's been really challenging to do that. Um, I- I'm happy after, uh, you know, these years I have been able to find a time, you know, between other projects as well to really uh, not give up and to keep on digging deeper into my research and to finally come to a format which is a sci-fi which uh, fits very well Mm -hmm. my world because all my visuals from my shorts etc they have always talked about other worlds so um, I free myself from geographical boundaries so it's not related to China it's not related to the United States it's completely related to uh, other world and it's about the futuristic world the way I see it that is not necessarily anything you have seen in other sci-fi movies so um, I pair with a lot of research um, you know through um reading and studying also Nobel Prizes, people, cosmology, f- physics. Um I was I've had a chance to be invited by Lindau Nobel Foundation to attend a conference two years ago. I had the chance to meet a lot of um, Nobels um, there. And so I was really inspired. It was like a one week of talks all by Nobel people. So it was really inspiring the level of intelligence in those rooms. It was like incredible. So um, I'm inspired by the science, by the research and by the future and paired with my fantasy. So this is what the movie's about.
1: I understand yeah. you have a degree in political science and economics, and I think your education is coming through in everything you're doing. Sci-fi, just absolutely, fa- Are a lot of women doing sci-fi films today. I, uh,
3: I'm not sure. <laughs> I okay, think I, I like it because it it gives me the freedom to be detached from reality and to tell a story with the rules and with the with images and with characters that co- that are completely fictional from my imagination fascinating Sarah are you a fan of
2: oh sci-fi? my god not only am I a fan <laughs> I think and I think it's really big like we had talked about um for some reason I think that's people are really attracted to sci-fi like and also the Marvel the Marvel um, movies are so big right now it's it's tapping into something and that is a complete fantasy of mine. Mm-hmm. Like I I would love to be in like a, a Marvel series or a sci-fi series. That that is like the ultimate.
1: Yee, she, That's yeah?
3: That's
1: cool. She's auditioning for you, Yi. <laughs>
3: that's amazing i I like that on the radio show i will tell both
1: of you that i i'm a a sometime playwright a dabbler i wrote three plays um and i produced them in my tv studio on long island new york a couple years ago with community actors community theater people Mm -hmm. and uh we did them on green screen in an empty Uh studio i had my actors sitting on boxes in an empty studio with the curtain and it was all digital backgrounds And they were, I'll call them romantic comedies. And I wrote, I've never written a play before. So I had to get it down to about 30 minutes of dialogue in and out. And I had the time of my life writing it. I I didn't know what to do. I went online and I found Playwriting 101. And somebody had an outline of of how do you write it? What does the font look like and the size? And where do you indent? And how do you put together the the opening scene? And where do you put the directions in? And Mm -hmm. I just used the template and I sat down and wrote for about a week at at like one in the morning and I finished at four in the morning and I had to be at work at around nine. And it was, it be, just became, uh, it it absorbed me. Yes, it absorbed me. And they were about what I know because I've been divorced, I don't know, 30, 40 years. I've been single a lot. And this was my world, this world of people meeting, whether it was on a mm-hmm. dating app or in person. It, these were my, my characters were part of the people I knew or people I thought about knowing. And years later, and the shows were, they were really great. I had to condense them, edit them down to 29 minutes because that was the time slot. My TV show was 29 minutes and 30 seconds. So I had to edit all of the footage down and I directed them too in the TV studio and I coached the actors and we just had a blast. But years later, I was conducting a workshop here in my community here in Durham, North Carolina, cold reading and i would yeah. print out scripts uh, from roel dahl and and comedy scripts little scripts that you could do as a monologue as a dialogue and i just put them on a table about 20 people show up in a, a room here in our clubhouse which has been closed for eight months because of covid and i'd say just look these over and pick a script whatever appeals to you the name the author whatever it is and they'd pick a script and i'd say who wants to go first and they would do a cold read of the script in front of everybody and we and i put them on a chair in the middle of the room and they would emote and do whatever their version was of the script well i took my plays and i divided them into act one two and three and i separated them and i put them on the table as well my plays and i listened to other people reading the parts in my plays and i have to tell you ladies i'm sitting there listening and i'm saying damn that's good who wrote that <laughs> i said that was me? I wrote that 5 years ago for you. Are you and I'm looking at myself in my proverbial my virtual mirror and saying I said that I wrote that, I made those characters and that feedback of me detaching from I am the playwright, I am the director, I'm producing it and just stepping back and saying I really like this. Mm. I like who they are. Any comments ye on on you stepping back and saying, "Hey, this is really going well. I like what I'm doing." Do you allow yourself that kind of Critique or encouragement? What do you think?
3: Yeah, I think I always like what I'm doing, but <laughs> but that's good. But, uh, yeah, but uh, it this I think in terms of the script, it has been uh, sometimes you know hitting against a wall, at that end, because I feel I thought I was doing a great job. Because originally, when I started the script in in December 2016, I thought I was Virginia Woolf, and <laughs> I was writing, <laughs> I was writing, like stream of conscious stream of unconsciousness you know it's like oh my god so many thoughts in my unconscious let it just drip you know and then you realize that actually writing a script is the opposite of virginia wolf you know <laughs> it's yeah. so much plotting putting in the right context yes. it's almost like a chess game yeah, you have to really plan everything there's nothing left to the unconsciousness so so uh so it, it's just by learning from the mistakes but you know there's some stuff that i could still use from the stream of consciousness mm-hmm. by repackaging into the rationality of a script mm-hmm. very very very
2: interesting sarah have you tried writing do you write at all i am uh writing a play right now a full-length play I've completed the first draft and I'm in the middle of editing it is um it's very uh it is harder than anything I've ever had to do it is autobiography it's based um it's based on um my life um part of my life where um uh it's it's It is in court. It's not the entire thing, but it's based on some autobiographical experiences, one, including um, being the primary caretaker of my wife going undergoing a health crisis Mm. and that um, and and also the impact of what that is on not only uh, the spouse, but on on friendship and and how how when it's similar to, you know, all our normal has been blown apart in this pandemic. And when you go through a traumatic experience, whether you're either in the health crisis yourself, or you know, you have to stop everything, career, nothing, gone, mm. your full-time caregiving. Yeah. How do you find, um, a new normal and, and, and a new normal in the relationship once healing has taken place? And so, um, I, I, I know what you're saying about writing in, in a play format, you're able to cover a lot of ground. Um, It's so condensed, but you know, there's so much craft that goes into it. It's, there's that combination of sort of dedication, just strict, you know, discipline to get to the page, some hopeful, some inspiration, and then craft and for me I'm learning as I go I think I'm teaching myself how to write as I write well I think that's the way to do it isn't it aren't you aren't you in in
1: a
3: learning mode as well learning how yeah you... I think we should always be in a learning mode because I, I think things change so much and and everything changes so much and uh, that you can never say okay I've learned 100% yeah. of something so even if you say, oh, you're an editor, you know, how I mean, I personally know how to do, use Final Cut, but I'm sure that, you know, the program gets updated, you have new features and new possibilities, and you have to use another one, you know, so you have to always upgrade yourself. So mm-hmm. I would consider myself as an app. I I, I like that,
1: and I think that's what technology is demanding of us. You know, Zoom has updated twice in the past two weeks, and they now have something called beta, and you can Mm -hmm. actually, ladies, you can have a mustache and a beard of any color you want now. (laughs) I could have had big red eyebrows if I want, and I can change my lipstick color on a palette on beta (laughs) testing. Zoom also has virtual virtual effects where I could have a little red Minnie Mouse bow. You might have seen these, (laughs) and I could be inside of a, a vintage TV where you can see the dials channel one through 13 and one was never a real channel, or I could have little, little Hollywood lights all around me. And so I'm finding out that the tried and true and listen, I I switched all my radio shows from phone only for the past nine years. Mm. I switched to zoom in early 2020. I wish I had done it a year or two ago because being able to see my speakers see my guests the nuances of how you think and how you move and how you act and and what you're feeling while you're talking. This is just a, a tremendous increase to me in the in the the texture of doing my radio shows because now it's basically in TV TV in a way. I have no idea why I was talking about this. Oh but but technology has forced us if we want to be up on it, right, ye and, and and right, Sarah. Yes. You acknowledge that hey, I don't own that app and they just updated it, and there's all kinds of new stuff. And what used to be here is no longer there. And this is an opportunity, but this is a why did they do that to me? And so it's forcing yes. us
2: to learn. I started playing. Go ahead, Sarah. Oh, ah. as an actor, we're constantly um, you know, having to update our skills, having to diverse from um, from me from music theater. Uh, to Shakespeare, to a procedural, to a sitcom, but now also being very comfortable digitally and uh, being asked to you know, edit our own stuff a lot. Um, mm-hmm. what, what I was going to say about your, your theater project is you're, you didn't realize, but you're ahead of the game now at musicals. Some of the people are desperate to create as theater artists, and so we're creating digital musicals. And sometimes we're putting ourselves on tape behind a green background, and then sending the video and the vocals at having the mix of the instrumentation in our, fa- in our, in our ear and somebody else edits, edits it. So what you were doing with your green screen plays is uh, in, you know, a little bit of a COVID musical. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, was, it was funny because my director went to New York
1: and filmed traffic in front of Penn Station. And crowds in front of Penn Station, because in the first play I did, the couple met through an online dating app where they had to wear funny faces, noses and and wigs and glasses. And they had a number. They weren't allowed to share their names. And so they meet in the cab in the front of Penn Station. But he actually went around to uh, he took video out of the top of the moonroof on his car all over New York. So we had a digital cab as the set while they sat on a bench covered Mm -hmm. with green fabric so they were in this cab and we were able to show the video of the motion of the of the traffic in manhattan around Mm -hmm. the virtual cab sarah so they were like they were in traffic and it was real traffic it was a real video and we just put it on a roll and we played it and the, the realism was great but it was all done in a studio on a bunch of
2: boxes and several Broadway shows have done just that you know they're bringing in video for their own sets fascinating it's absolutely I was going to tell both of you we
1: have just five minutes left I decided I wanted to train my brain a little more than usual even though my work is very demanding and I started drum lessons two years ago oh nice that's cool and I had never picked up a drumstick. I'd always been curious. And I went and found a school of rock near me, a whole bunch of them here. And I said to them, I don't even know what to do with the sticks. I don't know what to do with the with the pedal, with the drums and everything. And after one 30-minute lesson, I was hooked. And I was Hi. playing on stage at Motor Co. here in Durham with an adult band uh, eight weeks later, playing Dream On by Aerosmith. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then I was playing in a rock and roll band in my community. I'm the chick drummer in Still Kicking Band. And now I have my own Latin band called Red's Hot Mango. And uh, we're we're playing over tracks because our guitar players decided they want to play rock and roll and not Latin music. But we're just having a blast. And the training of the brain is just, to me, ye, that's the learning and the growing yes. and constantly stretching. And... When I used to be able to go to open mic nights at local taverns, I was the only chick drummer who was wearing red suede boots with a heel and yeah. jewelry and flaming red hair and a black dress. And here I was with my red drumsticks and everybody's in T-shirts and cutoffs and saying, what is that? <laughs> well, <laughs> it was it was my brand. My brand is I go out, I dress up, black dress, jewelry, yes. hair, makeup, and I get on the drums and I was banging that. Out of those drums, Mustang Sally, and and Miss You by the Stones, and B.B. King, The Thrill is Gone, and uh, Give Me One Reason by Tracy Chapman, and... I became a drummer Mm -hmm. and it's just so much fun. So to me, you just can't stop. Now I have a quick question. We've got three minutes left and this is a a, a lightning round. Yee, I'm going to ask you to go first. And the question is, if you had to leave your house, your office, wherever you were in a hurry beside your cell phone, what would you take with you? Or what would be in your purse, your knapsack, your carryall? What are the three things that would identify who you are in the world besides your phone that you would have to take with you? Yee?
3: I would take my key, my wallet, and my lipstick. Lipstick's on my
1: list. Okay. Sarah Dacey Charles, what would you take? Just to go out on the street? Just if you had to to leave your house. You weren't going. You had to leave your house. Sarah, you got to leave the house right now. Whether it was emergency, you had to meet a friend, somebody was giving you an audition. Some reason you had to leave right now. What would you have in your purse? Aside from your phone
2: uh yeah um well definitely keys wallet and um yeah probably probably the script (laughs)
1: ah now i'm going to quickly go back to Yuyi. what if i told you forget about the wallet and the keys what else besides lipstick what are the two things you would have with you that tell us a little more about your creativity what would you have with you nothing okay Okay. <laughs> just li- She goes on the street with lipstick. Sarah, what would you have besides keys Well wall and the script? I like the script.
2: Uh, I probably some good uh, music. I really love to listen to music. So um, let's maybe, you know, if I can't take the, or with the phone, I definitely get the it- iPhone. Um, I take the wife because I love her company and we just love to <laughs> see the world together. And um, <laughs> mm, mm.
1: okay. You'll tell me next time we got to okay. go. Yee, Joe, thank you so much. Shout out to Grace McCormick for connecting us. Sarah Dacey Charles, shout out to Laurie Hamill yes. for connecting us. Everybody, clap for Josh, my engineer, who thank does a wonderful Josh. job. Thank, thank you, you so much. much. Josh at World Talk Radio, Voice America Variety. I'm aka Radio Red, and this has been cool conversations with creatives thank you ye thank you sarah everybody be safe be smart be savvy and i'm gonna say it wear your damn mask because the numbers are going up and i would have a beautiful mask with a little flower on it in my purse mask there you go mask lipstick and a bottle of pepsi just in case i get indigestion everybody have a great day okay bye-bye awesome bye
2: that was fun thank you bye thank you Bye. bye